Thursday night, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I feel like there's something I should be doing tonight. I'm on vacation tomorrow. I'm on vacation day tomorrow. Yeah, but I'm having the meetup tomorrow, so don't forget that. Teresa is in the house. Hello, Teresa. How are you doing, my friend? Why don't you come on the show? Tonight's a special episode. I'm inviting people to join me on the live stream. Unscripted. It's going to be chaos, mayhem, because I don't know what we're going to talk about. We may not talk about anything. I don't know. As I mentioned, tonight's show is a very special show. You are the guest. You are the guest. But in order to be the guest, you've got to put in this link down here in the bottom left of my screen, bit.ly forward slash AHL guest, all caps, AHL guest. Okay. If you want to come on the show and talk to me, we can talk about anything. We can talk about installation, certification, copper fiber. Um, like I said, I, I might not, <laughs> I might be asking more than I can handle, but what the heck, right? Uh, Shooter305 says, long-term, pass my CCNA, CompTIA, plus my network exams. I want to be a data center or network administrator. Those are fantastic goals, Shooter305. And you do know I'm coming to Miami, right? We're looking at, you know, where 75 kind of comes down and does that dog leg and goes west and it's it's right there in the, like, Miami, Fort Lauderdale? That's where I'm going to have the meetup. I just haven't picked the place yet. Once I pick the place, I'll put that out there for everybody, right? So, again, if you're on the show, you're the guest. Now, in order so we have some uh, some reasonable sense of uh, of uh, decency here, I have some rules if you do decide to come on tonight. The first rule is please use clean language, okay? I don't know if you noticed. I try not to use any obscene words on my podcast. I'm not saying I don't say them. I hit my thumb with a hammer. I'm going to say one. And just that's just the way it is, right? And also make sure you're a place where you can record, right? So if you're on a job site somewhere where they don't allow recordings, don't get on the show, right? If you're in a, an area that's really noisy stuff that you're going to have time hard, hard conversation, then don't join the show, right? No bad talking anybody, especially the host, right? Be respective of diverse opinions and most importantly, have fun. Those are the rules. So to get on the show, all you got to do is just type that bit.ly for us AHL guest. That's, the, that's what you got to do to join the show, okay? So, like I said, I only have one question. After this question, if nobody joins on the show, it might be a really, really short show. This question comes from Old Brooder on Instagram. And he wants to know, when I finished Cat 6A, is it okay to do it with an RJ45 termination with a Keystone Jack on the other end? So, what he's, what, from what I understand here is he's running cable. I don't know if it's in a commercial environment or a, uh, or a residential environment. So he's running some cable, and uh, he's putting a keystone jack on the on the work area outlet side. And evidently, sounds to me like he doesn't want to put in a patch panel. He wants to crimp on an APHC, an RJ45, and plug it right into the equipment. Okay. Now, he asked me if that's okay. Well, there's nothing in code that prohibits that. Nothing in code. But remember, code is for safety, not for performance. Now, the standards tell us, and the, and the best practice that you find in the in the Bixie manuals and stuff, they tell us that you really should have a patch panel on the 
on the other side. And the reason for that is because it helps with moves, adds changes. It's, you know, it's a lot more consistent termination when you're punching down with a punch tool. The, the RJ45s or the APHC mod end connectors, you know, those, those crimp on things, they, they're, they're not really resilient and you can have a lot of issues with them. So it's best to do a patch panel and then buy a factory patch cord, a factory patch cord. And then, and they make small, small little patch panels, right? They make the, they make like the 66 block, um, um, brackets with the with the panels that fit right into that. So you don't need a full rack and a full patch panel, right? You can do it with one of those small ones, right? When you terminate with that RJ45 and that horizontal cross connect, you know, it's not as resilient. It's not as resilient because, again, you're crimping it on the cable. If you happen to bend it or knock it, you could actually cause something to go loose, cause you some issues. As a matter of fact, that's why when you talk about MPTLs, modular plug terminate link, right? That's why you have when you when you install that they do allow you to use a mod and connector on one side, but when you test it, you have to use a permanent link adapter on one side and a patch cord adapter on the other side. That's because they understand that the weakest link in that right there is the connector that you crimped on on the end, right? That's the weakest link. Now, with all this being said, standards are voluntary. Could you use a few keystones as a patch panel? Yeah, but then what would the keystone pad? What would the keystones be attached to? Right, they'd be just kind of hanging there, right? Um, they do make keystone patch panels that use key. They use a regular connector that you can plug in. They make some small ones too. Um, or what you could even do is you could even put like a. I don't know how big his network is. If it's only a couple drops, you can buy a service mount box and put in two, four, maybe even six in that, and then run a patch cord from that over. Right. But with that being said, remember standards are voluntary. Standards are voluntary. Oh, Keystone faceplate. If it's a small job, you know, if it's like in his house and he's only got two or three jobs, sure. I don't see an issue with that. But with the standards, man, they're, they're voluntary. Now, will it work if you put a, uh, a Keystone jack on the work area outlet side and then you put the um, – and you turn the, the mod end connector and plug it into it? Sure, it'll work. Well, most likely it'll work. I can't guarantee that it'll work, right? But if you're a professional installer – you really should be terminating on patch panel. It should be it should be done in what's called a neat and workmanlike manner. Neat and workmanlike manner, right? Again, if you want to join the show, there's the link right there. Type in type in that link right there, and be on the show. You can be a guest and talk to me personally. So I do have one question that came in. Uh, let me see here. This is from Shooter. Um, since I am new to the industry and I'm making a career change from an HR background. Do you know someone who can assist me to putting together low voltage resume? I'll help you with that, Shooter. Yeah, just send me a message where I can send you my email, and I'll help you with that. I'll help you with that, my friend. Absolutely. Um, somebody says um, Rev Connect Whips. Yeah, that could do. That could do too. I'm just not a big fan of the of, of the whips. To be honest with you. So there you go. That was the only question I had. So again. Come on, somebody come on the show and talk to me, man. We don't even have to talk about the show. Just come on and hang out with me. Just come on and hang out with me. All you got to do is type in that link. Come in and say, hey, Chuck, how you doing? Appreciate what you're doing. Right? Because I don't have any other questions. I guess Christmas time, people are taking off and all that fun stuff. Uh, let me see. Where can 13 Serpents is in the house? Hello, 13 Serpents. What can we do to make Sparkies consider pipe fill? I'm always 
ripping out, ripping eight cat six through three quarter inch conduit. That is a great question, my friend. Okay. So realistically, the number of cables you can put in a conduit depends on the cables outside down. You can't just say cat six, right? Because there's different size cat six cables, right? So you got to look up. There's a, there's a, um, there's a lot of great fill ratio calculators out there. Leventon has one. There's a lot of them out there that you can grab and use and calculate the stuff. Here's the challenge, 13 serpents. I, I need to know more about the working situation. Are you on a job site where the end user's paying you to put in the low voltage and then they're paying the GC to build the place? And the electric electrician works for the GC, or are they paying you to do the low voltage and they're paying the electrician to do some work as well? Right. So that's the question. Now, the real question is how do you talk a Sparky into doing this? So let me talk, let me say, say this again. By the way, if you want to join the show, type in that link right here and come on the show. So if, if it's a situation where you're doing the low voltage and you're working for the, for the customer, and the customer is paying a GC to build the, the new floor space, and the electrician works for them. You need to go to the customer, and you need to tell the customer, look, for eight categories, six cables, I need a, an inch and a quarter pipe, or even bigger. Again, depending on the, the size, yeah, I'd have to run the calculations. And when they say, well, that's going to cost more money, just explain to them, look, you can pay me now, or you can pay me later, because if, if the cable's too small, you're going to have to have to pull pretty hard on that cable to get it through that conduit. That's going to stretch the copper. It's going to stretch the conductor. It's going to change their gauge. It could change the twist rates. All of that is going to affect the performance. Now, it may not affect the form. If you pull too hard, it'll literally break a conductor. But it may not be, you may not pull that hard. You might pull it where you just untwist. Now what happens is you've got a performance issue. So I see somebody already came in. I'll, I'll, get, I'll bring you on in just a second. So now you need to calculate, okay, now because you're downloading large documents, because we stretch these cables out, how much time over 15 years or 20 years does is this going to cost you? If if the electrician is working um, directly for the, for the end user, you can do the same thing as well. That's a that's a fight that we are always fighting. It's not it's not something new, unfortunately, to our world. So let's bring on I don't know who this is, but we'll bring him on anyway. All right, you are on the show, Mr. Ingrius. Did I say that right? You there? Hello? You are live on the show. What's your question, my friend? Hello? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know I was live. Hey, how you doing, Chuck? You are live. You are live on Let's Talk Cabling After Hours Live. First off, what are you drinking? You know, I'm drinking lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with drinking lemonade. Chuck's drinking water. But oh, after right. I get off the show, it might be something different. Right, right. I understand. Hey, great, great to have you be on your show. Uh, it caught me off guard. I was trying to put my question in the type. I had a question, if you don't mind. It's an RCDD question about uh, slots and sleeves. Um, okay. and I'm trying to understand. You know, there is a, a specification that says that uh, a slot, uh, you need, if to, to, you, you have a four plus one, but that extra one is in regards to additional 40,000 square feet. Now, I'm right. trying to understand how do you uh, 
specify more slots as the, the level of uh, floors increase. Like say if you have a four uh, floor building, um, how many slots do you, how do you, how do you measure for that? Or how do you specify for that? So just use the calculation. You're actually referencing the TDM. I know the exact spot you're referencing. Yeah. I have it open at the moment. Because, you know, I do study groups, and, I, and that's usually one of the questions we hit all the time. Um, so there's the calculation in it, which tells you the square footage and tells you the size. By the way, I hate slots. I'm just going to put that out there right now. I hate slots. I would much rather do a sleeve any day of the week. Um, slots are a lot harder to fire stop and keep, uh, and keep that fire stop integrity there. Uh, unless you go with the cementuous stuff, but then with that, you got to worry about the thermal expansion and a bunch of other stuff. But getting okay. to your question about the um, about the calculation, just follow the calculation in the guideline. You got to you got to figure out how what the square footage of the floor is. And uh, somebody says, I think you're confusing slots with sleeves. Um, oh, oh, it's Jasmine. Hey, Jasmine, come on the show, Jasmine. Um, no, I'm talking about slots. Right, uh, like right. So, you know, so, but yeah, there's a calculation in there. Just cut, you know, look at the total workspace of, of the total usable area of the space. Start off with the initial four, and then go add your one for every thousand square feet that it. I can't remember stipulates off the top of my head, and then you just keep adding on to it. Oh yeah, it's, it is sleeves. She is right. Jasmine's right. It is sleeves, not slides. Yep. Oh oh oh, gotcha. Yeah, yes, you're right. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so I'll wait for that later. But yeah, it, um, just wanted to bring that to your attention. I probably will circle back to that. Yep. So forth, but thanks. Maybe Jasmine. Maybe we could talk Jasmine into coming on the show. Come on, Jasmine. Yeah, she. <laughs> Come on, Jasmine. <laughs> yeah, we got that part. Four plus one, but it's like so. If the floor size is always the same, um, do you increase it per? I would always increase it. I would always increase. Always, always build for more. Always build for more. Okay. Let me bring. Let me bring Daryl on the show too. That way, we have a little bit of everybody on here today. I didn't think I'd have anybody coming on the show. Daryl, how are you doing today? What's going on, man? Same old, same old, living the dream. What's your question for tonight? wanted to see if it was going to work. <laughs> you think I would put a link and invite people on and not actually bring people on? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm actually talking, about, talking across uh, Starlink Network. So, Oh, that's cool. That's Surprised cool. It's, it's working. Yes, that is cool. Jasmine's asking how. Jasmine, on the lowest corner of the screen, there's a link. Type in that link and come on the show. So I didn't know that you could do that over Starlink. That's absolutely interesting. Hey, yeah. I got to ask you, what are you drinking? Tonight it is water because tomorrow I'm going to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and I will be visiting 17 moonshine distilleries between Dude, now nice. and Tuesday. I am jealous. It's funny because when I tell people I'm drinking water, they always say, is, it, is, that, uh, is that moonshine? Yeah, if this is moonshine, this show would be a little bit different. Just um, I'm hydrating myself because I'm going to be dehydrating myself the next right, couple right, of days. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so did you have any questions about communications or career path? Or Well, I just, wanted to, I just wanted to uh, call in and say I really appreciate everything you do for the industry, man. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm not sure how how you and I have never met. I've been in low voltage. I got certified on my first phone system in 1983, and I was based out of Falls Church. And I've been in the D.C. metro my for? entire life. Who did you work for? At that point, I was working for my dad. He had a small company, about 15 guys. We did PBX installs. 
Gotcha. gotcha. Um, but I've, I've worked for CTSI and now I work at the big five sided loony pen. So yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. So and I, I've spent the majority of my communication career. I'll bring you on just a second, Ricky. Uh, I spent the majority of my communications career in the DC area. Okay. I started mm-hmm. off with a small little company called custom computer cable. Um, they used to be in uh, Alexandria, but now I think they're in not falls church over by Dallas. I think they're over by yeah. Dallas. Now. And, uh, and then I worked for another company called TCI telecommunications yeah. concepts incorporated Alice Springfield. And then I worked for, Um, so i spent a lot of time in that five-sided loony bin that you've talked about because uh we were part of the um the penren project yeah i'm I'm there every day my my uh my current job is like the dream job for a rcdd telegeeky kind of guy i'm i'm uh responsible for cleanup and recertification of all 794 telecommunications rooms in that building. So, wow. Um, I'll be retiring from this, from this gig. I, I no, I hear you. And that's, you know, that's kind of one of the reasons why I, I started the podcast is because, you know, I've, I've said the story many times. I've heard people talking about, you know, how the industry is getting older and stuff like that. And I'm going to be retiring soon too, but, um, that's the whole reason I'm doing this because I'm, I want to help the next generation. I, I really do. So yeah, I, I volunteer at a, a trade school down in Spotsylvania County. Okay, uh, a couple times a year and go into their. They have an electricity class, and I go in and oh, nice. talk to the kids learning electricity about possibly going into low voltage. So. There you go. Thank you for what you're doing. You got to make this job seem uh, seem sexy to them, right? So they want to do it. Actually, it is pretty cool. Everybody wants to be an influencer. And I'm telling you right now, as a content creator, there's a lot of work on the backside people don't tell you about. <laughs> a lot of work. Ricky does cable is in the house. Ricky, how you doing, my friend? You're live, Ricky. Hello. Ricky. He's there. I don't know why he's not talking. But uh, he just dropped off. Oh, now he's coming back on again. Here we go. You there, Ricky? Hey, Chuck, can you hear me? I can hear you now, my friend. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. Hey, Brian Hansen says hi, by the way. I'll tell Brian I said hello. Would do. Hey, hey Chuck. Uh, yeah, I just had um, some questions, actually. Mine's, sorry, mine's more about labeling. Okay. I'm not, I'm, I, like I said, I, I'm, uh, I think we're in, like I said, I'm 22, so I'm kind of new of the industry. I've been doing it for maybe like three or four years towards my RCDD. But okay. uh, one of the things like, I'm just having trouble figuring out, man, is labeling and what the standard kind of is. And I imagine it kind of varies from site to site. But like, it, right, it, 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 yeah, go on. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Uh, we're, well, we're doing, we're doing like 19 offices for an, a bigger ag company. Okay. around 300 drops and like I said, I'm just uh, I'm spearheading the companies with you know they obviously they have their idea of a labeling scheme but we want to uh yes put a standard and I guess it's one of those things where I'm like you know, you know I guess right, uh, my right, question right. is how would you do it what would you do I would follow the standards now here, here's the thing right so when it comes to labeling first off let me start with this standards are voluntary <laughs> And the most Fair ignored enough. standard we have is the administration standard. That is the okay. most ignored standard we have. When you talk about labeling, 
customers generally fall into one of about four or five categories, right? The first category is they don't care what you label it. You know, they're the office manager. All they know is somebody from corporate IT called and said, look, there's going to be some cable guys showing up today. You got to sign their ticket. You show up. They have time. They don't, they're like, oh, yeah, you know what you're doing, right? You know what you're doing? Yeah, go do it. Yeah. Come see me when you're done. I don't care what you label it. Yeah. The second type of customers, they want everything labeled sequentially. Drop number one, drop number two, drop number three. And they want it to show up on the patch panel one, two, three, right? That's that's another mm-hmm. way. Then another way they like to do is by room numbers. And I've never understood the whole room number thing because room numbers change. make sense. Room numbers change. Exactly. Right. And on top of that, here's another layer of complexity, complex, complexity, complexity, complexity. I, I promise I haven't been drinking moonshine. I promise. Oh, <laughs> um, oh man. Let, let's say, let's <laughs> say you've got a room. Let's say you, you got room 105 and you're putting in two drops, right? What are yeah. you going to label those two drops if you're labeling by the room number, right? 105A, 105B. 105B, then it yeah, yeah, yeah. gets confusing because you have 1057E, D, 11, they, they got added later right. on, but they're nowhere near 105A yeah. and B on the racks, are they? Exactly. They're, so then they're like spread down the patch panel. Yep, yep. And then there's the customer who thought up some numbering sequence all on their own, and they're the only ones who know how to decipher because they've got the magic decoder rings. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? This yes. is cable Alpha Bravo 394. If it's a full blooded uh, harvest moon and an odd number year, but only if there's a, a Republican in the in the White House. Right. <laughs> Just, what? Can you explain that one to me yeah. again? <laughs> right. The standards are pretty simple. Yeah. The standard breaks labeling down into four classifications, class one, class two, class three and class four. A class one job is going to be a premise served by a single equipment room. Class two is going to be a single job with multiple rooms. The difference between class one and class two, class one has backbone in it. I'm sorry, class one is no backbone. Class two has backbone. Class three is going to be a campus environment. Class four will be a, uh, um, like going across multiple sites. Like for example, I'm in Tampa. Um, Daryl's in um, Virginia. And I don't remember where you said you were. So we're in three different cities. So if we each had an own office, that would be a class four kind of a job. So depending on which classification you fall under, the standards tells you which components to label. So for class one, you got to label the telecom space, the the telecom room, the cable, um, the fire, no, not the fire stop, the, um, I'm doing this all off the top of my head. Hold on. Uh, The fire stop of, yeah, in the fire stops. Class two, you got to label all those. The building backbone cable, the backbone pair or optical fiber. Class three, you got to do all those plus the campus backbone, the campus backbone pair optical fiber, and the building. Class four, you got to do all those and the campus. So let's say, for example, you got a you, you want to label, um, you got a you, you got a customer. They got a big big floor. It's got two closets, right? Yes. Now somewhere on this floor, there's an imaginary dividing line, right? Where the cables on this side well, of the line will go to closet A. The cables on this side will go to closet B. Okay. So in that scenario, I would label, for example, 1B, first floor, B closet, okay? So now that technician knows which closet to go to. Now, it doesn't have to be B. It could be, you know, closet one, or you know, it could be any designation. It doesn't have to be A or B. I'm just using B as my example. Well, well let, let me shoot this at you. So here's the situation. I'd me from here. Uh, uh, so each bit, so there's 19 buildings. Uh, they're all in different kinds away from each other. So there's no cross connects between the buildings, but each building is roughly identical. 
And of course, I recommend that they jump up to the 6A uh, shielded cable just because, you know, you're already spending most of your Because if they wanted to go with like a CAD 5E, I'm like, you're wasting your time. I meant to say, but we're actually doing a skinny. A Seaman company actually makes a skinny GT cable. It certifies like a full 6A cable. It's just the skinnier version. It's kind of like a 0.27 gauge. So that right. we did that for uh, first off for uh, you know, and second off we did it for fill rate. We're gonna have three MDFs. We're gonna have give or take three across the whole building, and there's gonna be a backbone fiber to each one. That's an ohm four, ohm five. That's why I have right. planned right now. Right. That gives so what a little I, bit more. Yeah. So so what I would do is since you say you got three closets, right? So for the yes. horizontal cables. The first designator would be the telecom room. Yes. The second designator should be the rack unit that that patch panel is terminated on, right? Yes. So if it's in the very top rack unit, that's rack unit 45. So it would be B-45. And then if it's on port one, it'd be dash one. So it'd be B-45-1, right? That way okay, yeah, the technician yeah, knows. Yeah, okay, closet. I see what you mean now. Yes. Yeah. I see what yeah. you mean um, you, you can also use, you don't necessarily have to use the rack unit numbers. As long as you're consistent with the way you do it, some people will actually label the patch panels, patch panel one, patch panel two, patch panel three. Some do panel A, panel B, panel or A, B, C. A. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, one of the things I've never understood about our industry is patch panels come labeled. Why do we relabel the whole entire patch panel? Why not make those numbers that come from the factory on the patch, which, by the way, never fall off, Right. And just make yeah, the patch panel enough. part of that number, okay? That's one thing I've never, never really. Or they do like, <laughs> like a D fifty seven on a yeah. patch panel that makes. It's like you said, we're doing a lot of high density stuff, so I really like it because we can just do okay, you know. And then like a lot of our stuff is nice skinny patch stuff, so it looks really fancy and nice when it's just not. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, we're at, the, we're at the we're at the. Yeah, I hear you. We're at the 30-minute mark. I tried to generally learn, uh, shut this down to 30 minutes. Daryl, I appreciate you coming on tonight. Ricky, I appreciate you coming on tonight as well. And then the other... Thank you, sir. Uh, thank you, sir. And then also, Ingenarius, I appreciate you guys being on tonight. So this was actually more of a success than I thought it was going to be, although I really wanted Jasmine to come on because she's my one of my mentees, and she, she just rocks this world, man. Until next time, everybody, remember... Knowledge is power. That's it for this episode of today's podcast. We hope you were able to learn something. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on future content. Also, leave a rating so we can help even more people learn about telecommunications. Until next time, be safe.